And we're back. This is the A3 Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Beckwith. In the house today, we've got Logan Kilgore. What's up? Art Charles Jr. And Anthony A.J. Orange. All right. So today we're going to step into some training stuff and some overall philosophy as we always do, because that tends to happen with us with our free flow. So I'm going to start off with something that I read today and I'm going to paraphrase it a little bit, but I think it really fits into what we're going into. So it's kind of funny, but true at the same time. You wouldn't toss a raw rack of ribs into the microwave for 10 minutes and expect it to come out like a rack that's been smoked for nine hours. Your development is similar. Don't try to microwave your way to progress. Time and reps cannot be rushed. Mm. I think that is so, well, funny, one, it made me laugh. But two, at the same time, it, it it's absolutely 100% true. And, it, and it's, a, it's something that is, gosh, it just happens all the time that... People want results, 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 results. They want it right now. And we don't get into the idea of training and what it means. And I think all of us can attest to the idea that when we were younger, high school, even the beginning of college, uh, beginning of our careers, a lot of us, myself, 100% kind of trained angry. And nothing mattered other than I had to be out there. And the only thing I thought about was working out, working out, working out, getting better, getting better, getting better. But I never really set true goals. I didn't have any benchmarks that I was really looking at. I never did the self-talk. I didn't do any of those things. I was just mad. And I knew I wanted to get out of the situation I was in. And I and it was the only way I knew how to get out of the situation I was in. So (laughs) I just I just grinded all the time. And there wasn't really a mature thought about it. And I didn't really, I don't think I really expected results right away, but I was not very happy if the results didn't come the way I thought they should. And that's, you know, this quote that I just read, I thought was very uh, intuitive of that, talking about how important it is to train, you know, testing yourself. And like we're doing right now at A3 during this week as we're going through a whole testing cycle. And it's good to know where you're at, what you're doing, And especially in a time like we're in right now where there is no real competition going on, well, compete with yourself, understand who you are, what you're doing. And if you're not where you think you should be, that's okay. Now you have something to ride with. You have something to to look forward to that you know that you have something in mind that you're trying to train for. And how is that specific to you? Just as we were talking about before we started that, as an example, bench press. It's not really all that important for everybody. It's a cool test and all of us like to do it because it's one of those conversation things of how much you bench. But ultimately, like we were talking about, it's, it's, it's ultimately true that if I'm laying on my back, pushing weight off of my chest, I just lost. That's not a good position to be in. So, you know, while it's a cool test and it's good to know brute strength, at the same time, we got to be intelligent about who we are, what our goals are, what our sport is, what our movement patterns are in those sports and use tests according to that. So in your careers, not just, and I think, you know, one of the conversations we were having prior to the podcast, Logan and, and Art was, you know, when you go through something in a game or, or uh, practice or whatever, and you feel off, give us a little insight to something that as a pro, you started doing for yourself that I, I mean, I think it's, it's, it's a, it's huge. I mean, it's very insightful that people need to hear that sometimes just being in your own head isn't enough. And I, I want you to go ahead and touch on that. Cause I think that's a really cool thing. 
Yeah, uh, I'll start, and I know Art had different way kind of of doing it as well. But my my main thing is just, you know, obviously when you get to a certain level, um, you know, when you're when you're a, a young kid training, um, you need a lot of guidance and you need a lot of instruction, um, specifically mechanical instruction, like when you're first learning a movement, I don't care what the sport is. If it's a jump shot and your elbows way outside, you're going to have all these little analogies of, you know, take the cookie out of the jar and all that stuff, right? <laughs> Shooting a phone booth, all that stuff. If it's playing quarterback, it's, you know, keeping your left toe open when you're throwing to the left, whatever it is. Uh, but as you get older, it's, you know, those mechanical things, there's just other factors that can contribute to having an off day, whatever that is. Um, and when you see those coming on or when you do have those, for me, it's a huge difference, um, between thinking about what was going on all the time in my head and actually putting it down on either paper or talking to somebody else. Um, art was a little bit more, um, to himself and I'll let him speak on that. But like, for me, it was like reaching out to somebody that is in the same profession that plays the same position. Um, cause just playing quarterback, we have, you know, a lot of contacts in different leagues and things like that. Um, typically just talking to somebody, just say, yeah, this is what was going on. Da, 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 and then being able to explain, you know, your thought process, it kind of might seem silly, whatever, but at the end of the day, seeing it on paper and, or on a text or talking about it verbally, um, you start to think about, it. I feel like your brain looks at your actions a different way. It's not like, okay, in my head, I just, I just miss a free throw. Okay. I'm kind of thinking about it. Okay. I hit back ram, whatever this and that. But somebody says, hey, how'd you miss that? Or why'd you miss that? Well, I didn't use my legs. I didn't do X, Y, Z. I didn't use my cue. I didn't, you know, okay, cool. They don't have to say anything else. You just verbalized it. Your brain now recognizes what you need to do. And now you operate differently. Sometimes in your head, you have a different conversation. You can make excuses in your head that might you just brush away and make sense. Like, oh yeah, I, I, I'm not sure if that receiver is at his depth or not. Like, that's probably why I missed, mm -hmm. Like, you know. But when somebody says, hey, what happened right there? You're not as quick to say something that wouldn't make sense, right? So mm -hmm. you just essentially go through the movement and, and kind of why it happened. That's that's kind of what I uh, what I typically do. Yeah, and um, for me, it's it's. I mean, some of the, some of the same stuff. Obviously, you know, you you talk to your teammates. You have people on the team that you confide in that you you know talk about those struggles with, and they kind of bounce stuff off of you as well. Um, so I've definitely done that too. But something that I've done myself, um, whenever I feel like okay, you know what, I need to make sure that I. I get this down. Like we all have like those little niches of trying to be perfect sometimes and, and striving for perfection, you know, even though we're not ever always going to be perfect. Right. So for me, I also talk to myself about what happened in the game. Like if I'm struggling, if I'm really not doing what I want to do, if I'm not performing the way I want to perform, I often write to myself in my notes on my, on my, you got my little Apple notes mm -hmm. and I just start writing stuff. Okay. And some of the conversations are, not super friendly to myself, but it's funny to go back and read them, you know, mm -hmm. like this is what I said at this day or whatever, you know? So sometimes I'm hard on myself, but, um, you gotta be, you know? So I talked to myself about, like you said, why the biggest thing with, with, with athletics, I feel like is just understanding why things happen, understanding why you had success and so that you can keep building on that, but also understanding why you failed so that whenever you get into that same situation, you're able to not stay in that, like for in baseball, they call it a slump, stay in that slump instead of going in a 0 for 20 slump, you know, now you get 0 for 5 and you're like, you know what? Boom, this is what I did that time. I'm, am I doing the same thing? Boom, okay, go back to the thing I talked to myself about, you know, the month before, 
And now I'm able to correct that mistake because I have it written down. Like you, like you were talking about written down or talked to about somebody in a text and I'm able to go back and make that adjustment. Understanding why you're doing something. If it's a drill, understanding why this drill is going to be, benefit you, you know, understanding, okay, I'm having, I'm swinging and I'm missing this, the slider down and in, you know, why am I swinging at this pitch? Because it looks like a fastball, okay, in this zone, I like to hit those. Okay, boom. Now facing that same pitcher later in the in the in the year, the next game you face him. Okay, boom. I wrote it down. He had a slider, this, this, and that. And I'm able to make those adjustments within the game. You know, so just understanding why I'm doing those things and and breaking everything down has definitely helped me in in my, you know, my profession, but also just in my process. Yeah. I feel like that's also indicative of like the way you train is why you know not every single sport needs an all-star in every single lift or every single drill that you do like for me um you know aj and i could play the same sport our whole life and train similar but also very different in Mm -hmm. ways right there's a lot of things that a defensive back needs to do that a quarterback doesn't need to do and vice versa and so it's like you know as you're narrowing it down and, and committing to one sport you're going to notice that there's certain movements. So when I was training for the combine there, there wasn't a huge emphasis on, there was zero emphasis on bench press for sure as a quarterback, <laughs> but there was also very little in say a 40 yard dash. Um, very rarely would I take off and run for 40 yards. There was a huge emphasis on the five ten five. the, the, right. that basically shows, you know, your agility, your pocket speed, that type mm-hmm. of thing. Um, you know, L drill, not as much, but a little bit more than the 40. And so, you know, I don't really, know what tom brady peyton manning and those guys verts you know vertical jump is but somebody like aj okay jump ball yep. needs to be able to jump you right, know what i mean and right. it's like so you kind of have to narrow down especially um you know unless you're i mean i would say maybe uh, decathlete would be one of the closest ones to needing a wide variety of of strengths but um most sports you know there's times in a workout where there's movements that you know, for me, it's, it's some of our, our different variations of pushups. Um, you know, I know that like T stability pushups and things like that can be good for my shoulder and, and, and different movements, but sometimes I'll do something and I feel like, Hmm, maybe I'll go back to this other variation of a pushup, you know, like, um, sometimes with the drops or, you know, that type of thing, I'll substitute in a different movement just because it's like, I feel like this is more beneficial to what I'm trying to achieve. And I think that that's kind of knowing how you train and, and yeah, as absolutely. you're growing up, like young kids, you know, need to start to understand what they're, what they're trying to achieve with their workouts. Yeah, and I think the testing thing, it's a hundred percent right. And, and I think the testing thing and the, the metrics that come with it, it's so beneficial to what you're doing. And on top of everything, there's a mental aspect to it because if I'm testing my vertical, let's say, and I was having this conversation with IG today, Isaiah, and what we were talking about was the, the the little minute things that come with it because Rashad was doing his vertical test and he was at 40 inches and he could go above 40 inches but there was a little bit of a variation in his knee right before he took off and I said you know it's I was telling Rashad I'm like you know you're now playing professional basketball and it's not about your jumping ability anymore it's about your rhythm and understanding your body now that can play into the game as well. So doing a test in the vertical, in the broad jump, in the multiple, you know, the five consecutive broad, the squat, the deadlift, having those metrics and going through those scenarios where 
you're trying to get certain marks and in certain aspects of what you're doing play into the game. And the best example I could give was I was talking about like Messi in soccer or uh, Michael Jordan is a great one. Steph Curry is a great one. I mean, I could go down the list of these all-star athletes, these Hall of Fame athletes. And the difference would be when you watch them have a stellar game, right? And you're talking about Messi, let's say, because everybody can kind of relate to Messi's Everybody understands soccer, I think. Basketball is another <laughs> good one. But if you're talking about either one of them, and it, the the scenario will play the same. So if I'm talking about like Steph Curry too, when we're talking about Messi and Curry as an example, you know, you take a game and you have Messi who scores three goals and has two assists. And you have Steph Curry who goes up for 45 and has 10 assists and three steals and whatever. And then you have a rookie do the same thing or a young guy in the leagues do the exact same thing with the exact same stats. And they go to the press conference and someone says, wow, what an incredible game. How did that happen? The rookie, the young guy is going to say most likely, you know, we were just clicking on all cylinders. Everybody was working well together. It just kind of happened. It was magical out there and everything was great. Now ask Messi that. Ask <laughs> Steph Curry that question. And he's going to say, well, like Steph Curry's going to say, well, you know, in the beginning of the game, they were running a zone. So we knew that we came down. If we ran a certain set and I had the ball in my hands and I dropped it to the top of the key, they're going to have a drop guy go around the back rim. So all we had to do is have our guy run around the back. And I knew if I moved three feet to the right, that their guy wasn't going to be able to get to me. So all they had to do is drop the ball back. We had an open shot. <laughs> and that's how it started. And that's how yeah. I got on. Same thing with Messi, right? He's going to say, well, center back had the ball. He dropped it out to the midfielder. He came down gave me the ball. They only had two defenders in the back. The keeper was playing five feet to the right of the goal. So I knew if I played it to the center and looped around, blah, blah, I mean, you could, and, and they will tell you exactly what happened. Now that goes back to the awareness when we talk about testing, that the metrics that you have on yourself, when it goes from, I have a 40 inch vert to a 41 inch vert, and I know how to make that adjustment and make that difference. Because most likely if you can jump 40, there's a way to jump 41. And that's just going to be a small, minute change in the way you're using your mechanics. And you have that kind of awareness of going from a 4-3-1-40 to a 4-3 flat 40. And you understand what those mechanics, I mean, a hundredth of a second. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's possible. <laughs> yes, you can do that. You know, and when you start looking at these things and you start, like, let's say we're using deadlift. And for an example of muscular endurance, let's say we're using 225 pounds for the deadlift so it's not your absolute max but we set a time limit of 30 seconds and we see how many times can you do a perfect rep in 30 seconds and let's say you get 12. well we know that a deadlift rep doesn't take two to three four seconds right so could you have done it faster yes you absolutely could have right so you start looking at these things and you go okay well if i have that type of hyper awareness of my movement and my surroundings my situational awareness it's going to make me more mature on the court, on the field, on the whatever. And that's where it really comes down to. So what you guys are talking about is a heightened awareness of yourself and your scenario, your surroundings, your scenario of what's going on. And that's where I was getting at with, you know, having the testing, having the metrics and getting outside of the mind of just being raw and angry and just wanting to prove somebody wrong, chip on the shoulder getting out of a certain scenario, whatever, and maturing into somebody that actually understands the metrics, understands what they're trying to do with their career and everything else that's going on around them. Again, situational awareness, that is how you prolong your career.
Because at some point, if you continue to train angry or you continue to just train raw all the time, you're going to get hurt at some point or you're going to get surpassed because there's going to have somebody, there's going to be somebody that comes along that has a better understanding of what is happening around you. And if you don't, as a pro, you guys can attest to this. If you don't have a flash every time you're out there, you're not out there. But if you can stay consistent, have a flash, but then it's consistent and there's no mess ups consistently, well, you're out there, you're available, mm-hmm. you're playing, yeah. you know? And I think that's, that's one thing that the, the young athletes need to understand that if you're out there and let's say we're, you know, again, testing the vert, like it happened today and you're used to touching a certain height, let's say it's you know, you're used to having a 32 inch vert and that day you have a 31 inch vert or a 30 inch vert. It's not the end of the world. There's so many things going on. How'd you sleep last night? What'd you eat the last three days? How have your workouts been going the last two weeks? I mean, all of these things play into it. Do you know exactly what your feet and knees were doing when you went into that vertical or that bench press or that squat or whatever that is? And if those scenarios aren't able to be pinpointed, like you're talking about, just talking to somebody, texting yourself, whatever, if you can't pinpoint those things then you can't be upset about it because you really don't know. Don't know. You don't understand. Yeah. The understanding, I feel like you hit it on the nose is huge. You know, understanding, you know, everything that goes into it from sleep to how many reps you did this day, you know, why your body's reacting this way. Just the, the total understanding is something that definitely will take you to another level. Um, and it's something that I didn't know at a young age, you know, yeah. but as you start getting older, when you get into pro ball, mm-hmm. you start to learn more, you know, yeah. and that's something that I'm sure that we've all, we've all had that kind of that, that aha moment where we, yeah. we, yeah. we realize like, okay, dang. So this is why we do this. Yeah. Okay. And then that was something that also just with drill work, you know, mm-hmm. or certain exercises that I was told by one of our hitting coordinators one time, he's like, Hey, if we're doing something, make sure that you know why you're doing it. Mm. Make sure that you know Absolutely. what you're doing it for and what it's getting you into position, why why it's going to help you, you know, right. all these things. And if I take something out mm-hmm. or if we work on something, hey, you know what, I think you should substitute this, mm-hmm. understand why we're taking it out. Because if you don't have that understanding, like you just said, you don't know. Right. And again, if you don't test, right, if you're not, if you're not, con- if you're not configuring metrics for yourself and all you're doing is just training, 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 training. Hitting, 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 hitting. And Logan, your your position, throwing, 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 throwing. If if there's not some type of metric that you're working towards, then when it comes down to a game scenario, stress, when stress gets mm-hmm. involved in this scenario, then you have nothing to fall back on mentally. And that's why I like testing. That's why I like doing the metrics. Even if it's not one rep max stuff, I've, I'm so far beyond that in my career. I, I just don't know that it's necessary unless I'm going to get paid a million dollars to squat as much as I can one time, I'm not doing it because it's not worth the risk of the injury, right? I'm not a power lifter. I'm an athlete. And so when it comes down to that, well, then how should I train as an athlete? Well, muscular endurance is kind of a big deal. Like you've seen it a thousand times when you talk about coaches recruiting athletes, Hey, you can throw the ball pinpoint accuracy on a dig when you're rolling out to your right. But can you do that 10 times in a row? Mm -hmm. Because that's what I care about. Right. Right. You know, or can you throw back shoulder on a fade 10 times in a row exactly where you need to throw it? If you can do that, then I want you. Right. It's just like you're we were talking about that coach that came out to see you at BC. It's the same idea. Right. And so it's like, yeah, I saw you on film, but I need to see you actually do it. Yep. I want to I want to watch you do it. And that's where it comes down to that. If I have an understanding, a heightened awareness of myself in the situation where I'm trying to do my absolute best, 
that's practice. That yep. is that is the closest you're ever going to get to a game scenario is and when that, you're testing yourself at 100% capacity. Just being in the weight room or just being running hills or being on the track or doing cone drills or whatever that is, you can never, and I mean never, ever, even if a friend's out there competing with you, you will never <laughs> compete with game speed. Yeah, and that's, like you said, like consistency, that's the name of the game. Right. You know, how am I going to put myself in a position to have the most consistency I possibly can? Right. There's another guy that's big like me that can go out and hit home runs. Right. You know, but I've also played with the guys who've hit home runs in batting practice, but you get into the game and they they hit, maybe they'll have five during the season, but in batting practice, mm -hmm. they're a BP monster, you know? Yeah. And that's like, we talk about the difference, the consistency. They don't care if you can go out there and do it one time. You know, mm -hmm. they care if you can go out there and do it multiple times on a day on a day in and day out. Every mm -hmm. single night, they can they can count on you to give them, you know, ace wings consistently yeah. every single game. And that's why those guys are playing in the big leagues in the NFL, right. you know, professionally, period, because they can do it more consistently than, you know, the other guy. And if you can't do it consistently, then you're not going to have a job very, very right. much longer. You know. Well, it's funny. It makes me think of the movie Major League, and I think I've brought it up in this podcast before. It's one of my favorite movies because it's so <laughs> realistic in so many ways, right? But, and the one-liners you know, too. When <laughs> in a bunch of one-liners one for sure. Yeah. But when in in the very beginning, when Serrano's up at the plate and is at batting practice, and he's just just pop over the fence. Yeah. Over the, man, this guy hits a ton. How come nobody picked up on him? Hey. Throwing some breaking balls, and then all of a sudden he can't hit the yep. wide side of a barn. Right? Yep. It's the same. It's the same principle. That yeah, you can look the part, and yeah, there's certain things you might be able to do. But when it comes down to it, can you consistently tap into something that you're confident? That's another thing about the metric side of it too. Is it it gives you the practice of not only being confident because you PR'd right. But it also gives you the practice of maybe not doing as well as you thought you should have. And how do you fix that? Mm -hmm. And that's the more important one to me that PRs are great. I love PRing. It's, the, it's a great, great feeling. But being able to sit down and analyze what happened, work through it and then get better. There's nothing like it. Right. I mean, the gratitude of being able to have someone sit down with you and talk you through that and help you get through it gives you something to tap into when you go out and throw two picks and you have something to come back and fall back on because, you know, you've done it before. You've it could have been in any type of testing, any type of metric you've ever done, but you've gotten better before you've come out of it. Right. Coming out of a slump, you can do it. Dropping an interception, you come out of missing a tackle and the guy runs for a touchdown. It happens. What are you going to do on the next one? Mm. And that can be practiced. And that's why I like that side of it. I love that part of it. And that, you know, for me, and you guys can touch on this too, but for me, like I didn't really, we did a little bit of it in college. Like we lifted, but you know, we tested in lifts just so we could do the periodization stuff, but it was never explained to me or us about why it was so important. Like this conversation we're having right now. And it wasn't until I was older and so I was a pro that I had a coach sit down with me and go, look, I don't really care how much you squat. I don't. But but we are going to get to a point where we're going to put 315 on the bar and I need you to move it fast. <laughs> and I want to see you be able to do it eight to 10 times fast. <clears throat> and if you can do that, now we're talking about something. Because now when you're talking about coming out of the blocks, we're talking about the high jump, we're talking about shot put, we're talking about all these things, you know, long jump. Now all of a sudden, 
he knows that there's an explosive power there that I can do over and over and over again. Right. And then it comes down to, you know, different heights of different jumps and plyos and all that. But he wanted to see what could I do multiple times. And that gave me so much confidence when I wasn't worried about, can I squat 450 pounds or whatever once, but when I could move 315 fast 10 times, I felt good. And after I was done with it, my back didn't hurt. My knees didn't hurt. I didn't wear a belt. I didn't wear any knee braces, nothing. And I felt so amazing afterwards. I'm like, man, I'm going to go conquer the world right now. Mm -hmm. And that gave me something to tap into. And so when I got tired, you know, and I'm like, oh, all I've, man, I've, I've long jumped today. Why am I so dang tired? And I tap into that, shoot, I could put 315 on my back and squat it 10 times. Long jumps, nothing, you know? Right, yeah. And then bang, you come out of it because you tap into something. Take it to another yeah. level. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I always like the uh, the number of metrics. I, I remember in, in college, we used to take uh, before spring, um, take before pictures and after pictures. Oh, and it's cool. funny because when we took the after pictures, we always did some like, max push-up blowout <laughs> and then they're spraying yeah. the water bottle right. right teaching you how to flex and right. then you take your after picture and right. it's like all right but you actually look at the numbers um no but when we're talking about uh consistency i just kept thinking about uh about our golf games and and you know manav and i play a lot of golf together and and it's funny because all i was thinking about is is there holes even at bcc at his home country club is there holes that i'll beat him yes it's happened a ton where we both start out. I birdie it. He pars it. I par it. He bogeys it. Whatever. You're just giving yourself a pat on the back right now. I see. <laughs> my point is, yeah. My point is that will I ever beat him in 18 holes? No. Why? Because it's not to say that somebody can't go and you throw them a out route and they can't intercept somebody in a one on one drill. But can you do that consistently? Can you continue to do that? Can I continue to play at that level? No. You know, you might take an advantage of maybe a missed shot by him one time. But consistently, if we're especially, you know, an 18, 18 hole round of golf, let alone a 72 hole tournament, four straight days. Mm. That's that's why that sport. I mean, it's it's all about consistency. Absolutely. And, and one shot can change your whole paycheck based on the yep. tournament. I mean, yep. it's like it's crazy, you know. So um, that's what that's what was striking to me. If Manav was here, I know that, you know, he's, he's playing right now. But if if he was sitting here, he would he'd be able to talk about consistency all day long because. You know, I've seen him go out for three hours and hit one club, just a wedge. Yep. And he's just like, I don't care if I hit that <laughs> flag one time. I need to hit a 10-foot radius 100 times. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think that's that's kind of what you're talking about when you're when you're working out and everything else. It's like, yeah, you know, you might hit that perfect vert one time, but there's so many things that go into it. It's more yes. about, like, on the average, are you improving? Or are you not improving? You know what I mean? It's like, it's okay, so you miss it on that one, but did you not see that your deadlift went up? you know, 45 pounds. So, Bang. and we did yep. that 10 minutes ago. What was the last time? Oh, you just walked in and did that. Okay. Like, you know, there's so many factors mm -hmm. that go into it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. And that's, and that's, again, it goes back to when you're looking at the metrics and you're looking at testing and then you're looking at performance overall, it it's a whole picture for sure. Right. It's an absolute whole picture. And when you start thinking about, you know, okay, I only improve by one rep in a 30 second piece with 225. Okay. But, when you really break that down, That's okay, huge. so I improve one rep. Well, you just improved by three seconds. Yeah. You just moved 225 pounds three seconds faster, which means over an entire 12 rep max, well, now you're talking about, you know, a half a second. It's probably more than three seconds because you got that one rep left over. But my whole point is you moved every rep faster, more consistently. 
that's a, that's huge, mm. right? And then that plays into your squat, which plays into your vert, which plays into your broad jump, which plays into your consecutive broad jump, so on and so forth. And then that plays into your flying 20 or 30. And all of these things come down to patterning, right? That the more smooth I am, the more rhythmic I am, the better cadence I can have, which makes me stronger, move better, move faster, and ultimately makes you healthy because I'm able to move through all these planes so much more consistently. And obviously, like we've said, like Logan has said that I, I love saying all the time, my wife even used it on Instagram, is you know the best <laughs> ability is availability. Mm -hmm. That's huge. And that comes down to this. If you understand what you're doing from a metric standpoint when you're training, and again, I didn't understand this till I was in my mid to late 20s, which is a shame, but it's true, that it, I didn't understand how all of these things played together and how to manipulate the things I needed to do to make me better at what I was doing. That bench press didn't matter for me. Did I do it once in a while? Yes, but I ended up going more towards the dumbbell route because I was throwing the disc and the shot and the jab, and I still liked the bench press, so I would just use dumbbells to isolate it instead of using a bar and so on and so forth. And then I would do stuff where I was on a stability ball instead of a bench and you know, move up and down a little bit. And But anyway, that's beside the point of understanding what you need to do, right? And having those metrics to make you available so that you're not getting hurt is... I mean, that's the number one, right? Because mm -hmm. if you're hurt, you can't play. And if you're yeah. a pro and you're hurt, your career might be done. Yeah. Facts. I, mean, I know that like, you know, coming back from injury um, is, it's hard to speak on unless you've really been there. And yeah. I mean, AJ's had a long career and you've come back from a ton of injuries and still regained, you know, that top level of play. Like what goes into, I mean, I think last year was your wrist. Uh, or was that a couple shoulder, shoulder. shoulder. okay year, so yeah. shoulder last year i mean obviously there's you have confidence deal where you're trying to play at the same level you've always played at sometimes you might have to go in a little earlier than you want to or sometimes you know talk about that like thought process as far as getting back training wise because it's not like you can go in and just do the same weights that you've always yeah. done just slap up you know especially when you're coming back from yeah, an injury I don't, I don't know if you guys remember but i would have uh like rehab Mm -hmm. facility and then i would come to a3 mm -hmm. but for me it was like i knew i could still play right and my shoulder wasn't the one thing that was going to limit limit me it would have been something with my legs right? right so for me i just tried to focus on keeping the range of motion with my shoulder and again it was always consistency like i got um the bar i forget what it was called yeah, it was the flexi yeah, like the, the bar yeah. i got mm -hmm. one of those and every day dude i was just killing it every which way yep. i could possibly use it I mean, every warm-up you were every, walking yep, around every using it. every yep. single day man like until my shoulder felt good until i felt like like how i would do a single arm hang yeah and i could do it on this one and it felt the same i would just kill it like that i would go into rehab they would give me stuff and i'd be like this isn't enough Right. I, I want to do push ups. And you'd be like, well, I don't know if you're ready. I'm like, but I feel ready. And then eventually when I'm doing it, I'm like, all right, cool. Like I can do it. Then we get to training camp and they're having me do the same stuff that I've been doing this whole time. And I'm like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm, I've been killing it already. But it's because I remain consistent right. month after month, day after day, week after week, doing the same things, doing all the shoulder mobility and everything. And then my shoulder just like naturally just goes back into those positions that I've been used to right. because I've been stressing on it, doing all these things on it that I haven't been doing before, but I'm having to do them more often now because my shoulder's injured, right? I got to keep doing it over and over and over. And it wasn't something that 
like somebody had to tell me to do. Mm-hmm. It was just one of those things that clicked in me because I'm I'm a veteran. Like I've been playing for right. so long. I've had ankle injuries and lower body injuries. And even with all those same injuries, you treat them the same way, yeah. right? You got to rehab, do the things. And, and I hated rehabbing in college. Like it was one of those things that I dreaded <laughs> because it took away from my class time. It took right. away from my free time, whatever it was. But when you become a pro, that's your livelihood, yeah. right? I'm going in early. Always as I, in the tub. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the yeah. tub every chance I get <laughs> trying, to, yeah. trying to make my legs feel good. I'm going in and seeing the, the trainer, if my toes bother me or whatever it is. Yeah. And now I know like, you know what I'm saying? I need my extremities and my body to be healthy if I'm going to make money, if this is going to be a career. So for me, it was always uh, the motivation that I can still play as long as my body feels good. And if something was bothering, bothering me that I would just work on that one thing over and over and over consistently day in and day out until I felt like it was, this shoulder was equal to this one or this ankle felt like the, uh, the healthy one. Right. Right. Um, So again, like, like you guys were talking about, it's just remaining consistent, finding something that works and, doing it over and over and over to the point where it's like once you're when you do it later on it's just second nature it's not like something that you have to think about right speak on uh i know that i haven't done a ton of um luckily last year was probably i mean had two ankle injuries within a couple weeks of each other but um when you are rehabbing speak on i mean it's not like you're just every single at least it's not for me Every single day wasn't always like, okay, I got better today. I got better today. Like you definitely have setbacks, right? I mean, it's like, it's almost a stair step type thing, right? Yeah. And especially with like ankles too. Yeah. Like ankle injuries, I would feel good. I would feel good. And then it would be like one day or one or two days. I'd take a day off or rest. And then it would be like the tendon or something would feel stuck. Right. Mm -hmm. Or it would be like, why is it not? Why doesn't it feel as loose as it did the week before? And I would just go back to right back to the beginning, like, when my ankle was hurt from the very beginning, what did what did I do to make it feel good? Right, mm-hmm. I'd go back to those little ankle movements, little stretching, and then once I get that loose again, right back into where I feel comfortable at, right back into the exercises that I know that are working that like this one can do. Trying to get those ones into it, but again, like you said, it's definitely like a, a process because yeah. there have been times where I've been hurt, felt like I was getting really good, and then maybe re-injured it or you know Mm -hmm. what i mean just trying too hard maybe re-injured it a little bit or just it just putting too much weight on the bar or just Mm -hmm. trying too hard and you gotta go back down and reset yourself realign start from the very beginning start fresh and again it's like a very consistent climb but eventually it gets to a point where you know those things are equal and you feel strong and you feel healthy again yeah i remember talking to you uh during camp and it was almost like the stuff we were doing here you went up there and they weren't even letting you do like yeah, push yeah, exactly, that was exactly. frustrating was, for you. Yeah. You're like, dude, it's been so three weeks and finally they're gonna let me do a push up. I'm like, yeah, so bro, we were doing push ups like yeah, a man, month ago. I'm, I'm at rehab, like same thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm killing the the body blade. Right, I'm killing the body blade every morning. I'm at home, my shoulders loose, and the the whole thing was like, keep your range of motion. Right, keep your range of motion. Keep yep. your range of motion. Yeah, right? That was crazy. So, <laughs> I, I have the range of motion. Right after I get the range of motion, I got the range of motion. I'm focused on that. Now after I have a range of motion got to worry about getting my strength, strength right. Right. so yeah. i've already got the range of motion they're right. still trying to figure out can he get the rate like i have that yeah he's right. Right. i've been, <laughs> yeah. work, I've been working <laughs> on it, so but it's like they, they expected yeah. you to come in for sure not ready or yep. injured and they they don't know how much you work yeah. right they only they can only go off what the people tell them or right. whatever and for me i've always done more yeah and, and that's just you know i've always just it was just something that comes yeah. natural. Like, I don't want to just be limited to They're what these like, people are telling They're sitting there like, on Instagram, it didn't happen. Right. <laughs> right. right. Exactly. And that's something else that goes with it is just, 
the mentality, you know what I'm saying? Like you said, you have those ups and downs Mm -hmm. and then, you know, you're feeling good, feeling good. And all of a sudden you hit that, that downhill slide, like having the capability to keep your mind in a, in a strong area and not get down. Cause I know, like, I'm sure like you, you've had it too, where you get, have an injury and like something happens, you're feeling good, good, good. You're having all these good results. You feel like you're getting better than you talked about going down, you know, like, and you're having those moments where it's like, damn, like, I was just especially like good. when you re-injure something exactly. because yeah. it's like, like you can't win almost, yeah. you know, like, Man. like I had that problem with my ankles before, like I really got into like foot dexterity and all this stuff, like to keep my ankles loose, I would have like ankle injuries week in and week out in college. And for me, it was always like, I always felt like I was being limited because they would just tape my ankle up and be like, go, go play. Yeah. Like yeah. tape it three times, right? Tape mm-hmm. it under and then put the shoe on and tape it again and right. get out there and play. And I'm like, that's not, that's, that's not, not really, really helping you. Didn't yeah. really help me. But at that time, you know, you just kind of do you what you're told. Yep. Yeah. Like later in life, you learn, you get with some rehab specialists and people that know what they're talking about. They yep. tell you to do a little bit different things different. So hurt my ankle again. Say if I was to go hurt it now, I would know exactly what to do to get 100%. it to feel better. Why yep. you wouldn't have to tell me. And I would just do those things consistently until I felt hundred percent again. Yeah. Yep. I remember that was a helpless feeling for me after hurt my ankle against Hamilton this, this year. There was one day I was out of practice and we started the practice off with a drill, like offense versus defense. And Moss, our head coach, was just like, he saw the way I was warming up, saw the way I was walking around, and he was like, just take it off. Take it to like, the just house. Go, yeah, go to the. And I'm like, no, what? Like, I didn't miss a practice my whole career, like, right. no chance. And he was like, go, or I'm going to make you go. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's a helpless feeling because then you're sitting in the training room you're like looking out there it was like why are you everybody bro it was so cold everybody's all bundled up you know and i'm sitting in there roasting the uh looking through the window watching practice with my ankle oh i hated that but i mean at the end of the day that's a it was a learning experience and at the end of the day i played that week and i don't know if i practice that whole day if i do play that week so exactly something else gonna happen yeah i think i've said it to you guys before my college track coach said this to me and I'll never, ever forget it. And I've probably said it a thousand times since then to athletes that I've coached. We were out at practice one day and my hamstring was bothering me. Jeff is his name. And he goes, Ryan, how bad your hamstring? I'm like, no, I mean, it's whatever. I'll be fine. He's like, you'll be fine. I'm like, yeah, I'll be fine. He's like, you know, we got intervals today. I'm like, yeah. He goes, you're going to be fine. I said, yeah. He goes, all right. I don't remember the exact date, but let's say it was April 5th. And he goes, well, question for you. Today's April 5th. So do you want to remember today, April 5th, for the next six weeks? <laughs> or, and go out and run and hurt yourself. You're going to remember today for the next six weeks while you rehab. Or you can go to the training room right now. We can do some extra abs and hips and we'll do a pull workout. And you're probably going to feel better in a couple of days. You'll never remember April 5th and it, it'll just be a, a blink in, in your history. So which one do you want? Do you want to remember April 5th or do you want it to be just another day? <laughs> yeah. I went, I'll take another day for 200, please. Touche, touche. And I've always remembered that. And that was such a learning experience that goes, you know, you don't always have to grind through everything. And that was the first time I'd ever had anybody say something like that to me that you don't have to always push through everything. And that was the, you know, it was just this, this light bulb moment of going, Oh, now did I take it? And yes, I did it that day, but did I understand that for the next five years? No, it, it took mm-hmm. me time to really, for that to sink in and understand what it meant. But then becoming a coach, that's what really helped me to go, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. your shoulders bothering you. 
okay, hold on. Let's, let's modify some stuff. Let's do some things. And like when, when AJ had his shoulder thing, I mean, gosh, I mean, talk about metrics daily that we were looking through different things and you know, your range of motion would get to 60 degrees and like, okay, well let's push it to 65. I mean, if you can go 60, you can go 65. Mm -hmm. And then the next day, well, let's push it to 70, you know? And, it, and we got to a point where he got his full range of motion. Okay. You got full range of motion. Well, yeah, try a push up. If it hurts, we won't do it. Right. Do it. Boom. It feels good. Okay. Well now let's grab some dumbbells and go through full range of motion. Let's change your thumb position and go through the different positions of your shoulder and so on and so forth. And in no time, it was like, Boom. I feel great. I'm doing, you know, and that's when you go mm -hmm. into camp, this guy's yeah. at a hundred percent ready to go. Yeah, and they're dude, like, I went Wait into, a second. we went into camp and they were literally, <laughs> I was in the training room. Right. And they didn't want me to practice. And I was like, fine, I won't practice, but because of my shoulder, yeah. I'm in there doing like, like falling, like <laughs> knee pushups. And yeah. I'm like, this is literally the stuff like I was telling Lowen, like yeah. I'm doing push-ups. And this was like six months ago. <laughs> yeah, I was doing excited about push -ups, just doing yeah. push-ups. And now they got me in there <laughs> doing these same push-ups. Like, and I'm like, I, I could actually play right now, you know. Right, and, yeah. and, you know, and I feel like the GM knew that and he kind of just wanted to save me or whatever it was. But it's it's one of those things, is like because I remain so consistent and right. like proactive about the rehab, because like I said, if I was younger, I probably wouldn't have taken it as serious. Like, oh, this isn't gonna help. A lot of guys think like, especially guys in college, think that just rest is just gonna heal everything. Like if you just take right. days off no, and don't sir. do anything, no like your body will naturally take care of itself. And that's not true. You gotta mm -hmm. like remain active and diligent, especially when it's like an extremity, a shoulder, a foot, yeah. ankle, anything like that, because you want it to like, things are gonna overcompensate. You, need you don't blood want flow. that to happen. Yeah, and yeah. I would say for like young athletes, there's a big difference and hopefully coaches, I don't know about at younger ages, if they're, you know, they're sifting through so many things, but you know, we've talked about all the, all the crazy stuff we used to do in football, just to run people off because you just don't know if this, if it's in them to play, you don't know if they love the game, whatever. Um, what I would say is to always communicate the way your body's feeling, because I think that the more that you verbalize it to the people, whether it's your coaches or whatever, um, at least they know now if it's there's obviously a difference between being hurt and injured and anybody that's played sports knows that difference mm -hmm. and um you know by week 16 in the nfl season i'd love to talk to one person that says oh i feel 100 percent." you know yeah I mean, not everybody everybody, everybody they say that it's a lie everybody's hurt right <laughs> by week but three not everybody's injured if you're right. injured you cannot play so um there is a difference right i'm not telling you Absolutely. every single time you you know bump your elbow to go tell your coach i'm, I'm saying if you feel like there's something that's going on there's always work that can be done. Yep. It's the people that just say, they think that, oh, because my hamstring hurts, I'm going to get out of practice today. And that's why we've had so many different things, yeah. whether it's core stuff, you could, you know, all these other things. Yep. Um, I would almost go, you know, if something was going on, if I knew about all the alternative things you could do, right. um, it would be more to a coach like, hey, you know, my hip is feeling weird right now. Um, I'm not really sure what's going on. I, I'm going to see the trainer after practice. But, uh, you know, is there something I could do that's different than this lift or tell your strength coach or whatever? Um, because that's a way better way to go about it than to just a not say anything and hurt yourself worse or B just act like you're trying to get out of the workout. Right. You know, it's more like, hey, I know my lifting group still going on for another 30 minutes. Um, is there some course that like something's going on with my hip? I'm going to go see the trainer after after my workout. But, um, you know, blah, blah, blah. Not. Yep. Yep. Like, oh, I'm, I got to go see a trainer. I'm out of here. Like, right. You yeah. Know, that used a, to a big drive difference. me nuts. Yeah. Huge that would drive. I mean, as an athlete and a coach that that was probably one of my biggest pet peeves is that you're in there grinding and your teammate 
or someone you're coaching is like, oh, I'm hurt. I can't do anything. Yeah. Well, we're looking wait, wait, for a way can't out. Can't do anything. Right. Yeah. right. What yeah. you, what Unless it's a concussion wait, yeah. or something. Right. Like you your shoulder mean? hurts? Well, what about your legs? And what about your abs? And what about your, I mean, there's there's a thousand things we could do right now. Yeah. Well, what do you, what? Yeah. You yeah. know, so I mean, it, it it's always, that's always been a huge pet peeve of mine. And I've had people that, you know, coming into testing week, they're like, oh, I, I my, you know, my shoulder, my hip, my knee. Okay, well, fine. Well, your shoulder hurts. Well, we're not going to do any overhead press. We're not going to do any bench. We're not going to do any pull-ups. That's fine. But there's still other things that we can do. There's a lot of there's a lot of things we can still do from a testing perspective to see what's going on without affecting that shoulder. And that's really what it comes down to is, again, the communication's huge. And mm-hmm. everything that you do, communication is huge. If you're not communicating, then how is anybody else supposed to know? Obviously, when you walk through the door, you know, if, if the... <clears throat> If the four of us walk into a room, the the first assumption, you know, the default to truth thing is we're all expecting that we're all solid. We're good. Everything's fine. But you actually sit down and you know, that's the one thing that you got to be careful of when you're just meeting. So, like, hey, how you doing? Uh, be careful while asking that question. Yeah. <laughs> I've learned that. You know, because someone might sit you down and tell you their whole life story. It's like, yeah. just say, hey. 30 minutes hello. later. Yeah. yeah. 30 minutes later. <laughs> Good morning. Good afternoon. You know what I'm saying? Stop saying well, how right, you Let doing. me tell you what's going on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, how am I doing? So last yeah. Tuesday, I'm driving to the store. Right? <laughs> Absolutely. Facts. Facts. I got to go. Facts. Right. So, you know, it, it just comes down to understanding, you know, that the best thing you can do is be honest with yourself one and be honest with people around you especially when it comes into a training perspective or a competition standpoint that if i'm going into a game and my hamstrings bothering me and i didn't tell anybody and i don't get to the spot where i'm supposed to get to uh-oh <laughs> yeah trouble i just affected everybody on my team yeah i would That's say any uh, any level sorry i just want to be real quick but any level that a coach is getting compensated to be there um more than likely they have either dealt with the injury that you're doing or have experience dealing with other people that have had that injury. So there's not really many things. um, And, or they'll have the knowledge to find somebody that does know what they're doing. So like, you know, I'm not talking about your math teacher that coaches your seventh grade volleyball team, but I do think as you go forward, hopefully most high school coaches, things like that um, can recognize those. So that that's part of communicating is knowing Mm -hmm. that, they have your best best interests at heart. Yes. And it's not, you know, due to the fact that you're out of shape and you're just trying to get out of a drill. You know, that that's I think I the ex- biggest deal. I feel like what you guys both hit on was something huge that I had to learn myself because I've always been the person too where I felt like little little like little minor pains, little creaks here and there, you know, and I just played through it all the time, you know? Mm-hmm. So when I got hurt for the first time or really got hurt, it was like I failed to do what you guys are saying, and that's to tell somebody. Right. You know, I was like, oh, like I'll be, we're going into a position to where we're right before the playoffs, you know, we were fighting for first place, like all these things. And instead of saying something, which I should have, because then I'd be able to bend more effective later on. Try to fight through it. I tried to fight through it, you know, I fought through it, and I was like, oh, like, my hips are sometimes tight. Like I'll just stretch. Yeah, yeah I remember that. I, I just, yeah, that you, yeah, I stretched. Yeah, oh, I, yeah, I stretched it, and I was just like, okay, like it's hurting a little bit. You know, and instead of taking the right steps to, to you know, my health and listening to my body, you know, and knowing myself, you know, and like like everybody's talking about right here, um, I just, I tried to fight through it and push it. I didn't do what the smart thing was. To, I didn't remember, I, I remember April 5th, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, right, yeah, right. I, re- I remember April 5th instead of being the guy that was like, you know what, I'm going to take the precautions now. Yeah. I'm going to get in a tub. I'm going to, you know, do these things to make sure that I don't remember April 5th, but right, instead- right. 
I was the guy who went against it, you know, didn't tell anybody. And then sure enough, like we won the championship. I played well, but then it hurt me for the prior season. You know what I'm saying? Was that, yeah. was that so, the championship game that you got hurt? I, honestly, I don't know when it was. It was before the, it was before the oh, trap yeah. championship game, 100%, because I was in pain at that time. Yeah. That time I was like taking like little pain pills, like yeah. an, mm. anti-inflammatories. Um, so it was already torn. But I played the Mexico pain pills, or these are (laughs) (laughs) extra strong. You know, I don't know. I don't know what they were exactly. And I was playing, nah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So it was just one of those situations where you brought that up. And I wanted to make sure I touched on that because it's real, you know, it's real. And somebody told me after that, you have to know yourself, you have to listen to your body because you and your body is what's going to tell you what's wrong. Listen to the information your body gives you. Absolutely. You know, yeah. and that's ultimately what I didn't do. So I wanted to make sure we I yeah. said it because it definitely helps. And you guys are absolutely right. So yeah. April 5th. Yeah. yeah. So. And that's a lot of times how the injuries happen that, you know, our, our brain is constantly giving us signals. Right. Mm-hmm. And as athletes, a lot of times we don't listen to those signals because we're taught not to. Mm. We're taught mm-hmm. to train through stuff. Or the and, training room is bad. Don't you don't want to go to the right, training room? Yeah, don't miss practice. Don't yeah. miss games. Don't do this. You know. Yeah. And ultimately, it's like okay, so you start feeling this little pain in your wrist, and you're like, oh, it's no big deal, whatever. And all of a sudden, your forearm starts hurting. And you're like, ah, oh, man, what, what's mm-hmm. going on here? And then all of a sudden, you find out you have a tear, torn labrum, and you're like, what, what the, the heck? <laughs> what is? How? Did, but you know, and it, it's this progression. Now, had I listened to my to myself. Yeah. And that little pain in my wrist could have been happening because of the way I was moving my shoulder, right? Or the way I was doing that, or the way I was grabbing something incorrectly, something. And that's why this biomechanics stuff that you teach us is so important. Yeah. Well, thank you. Everything's, yeah. Connected. <laughs> yeah, everything's connected. But, but it's everything's true, connected. you know, it's like, and it, it just comes from a long career of, you know, just either learning the hard way or, or being able to listen to somebody else teach this stuff that, you know, the, the way the brain works is going to give you signals. And eventually it's going to come down to something serious if you don't listen. And yep. like you're talking about with, with your hip, you know, it's like, okay, so what would have happened? Cause it was your, it's your back hip, right? And your swing, uh, my, my front hip, it was your my front swing, hip yeah. to your, to your drive hip. Right. Yeah. Okay. So when you start thinking about, okay, so at some point was there, uh, an ankle, a knee, a, uh, a lower back, you know, something like that, that was like, Hey, art, Hey, Art, your knee's rotating too much. Mm-hmm. Hey, Art, we're not absorbing force well enough on that front kick, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. And you're like, oh, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'll work through it. I'll work through it. I'll work through mm-hmm. it. And then finally something just goes boom. boom. Yep. Right. And that's what happens. So we don't listen to the those little tiny things that are they're insignificant because we're trained our entire lives to deal with pain. But it doesn't mean that pain has to be negative. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is pay attention give it the attention that it is asking of you. That doesn't mean skip practice. That does not mean skip a game. That doesn't mean go sit out and do nothing. That's not at all what I'm saying. What I'm saying is if you feel a pain somewhere, communicate to somebody, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. say something about it, and then start to really break down and dissect, okay, well, why does my thumb hurt? What's going on with my thumb? And what am I doing from a movement pattern standpoint that is causing that? Because it's an it's an effect. Obviously, my thumb is fine. It just hurts. So what's going on with it? Or my shoulder or my elbow or my mm-hmm. whatever. Something is going on from a biomechanic standpoint that is causing that pain. Now, most of the time, unless it's a torn tendon or ligament or muscle, it's not that <laughs> acute area. It's something else that's causing it. And that's where we get into trouble a lot of times that you're like, oh, well, 
you know, my, my hamstring hurts. Okay, well, why does your hamstring hurt? Well, it's probably the way you're absorbing force. And if I'm not looking at the way that my foot sits in the ground versus the way my ankle reacts when my foot does hit the ground, that's causing that force to go indirectly into the knee. That can be fixed immediately if you say something. But if you don't say something and you do that 10,000 times, <laughs> you go up for a ball in the end zone, come down by yourself, no one else is around and your ACL is gone. You know, and it, it's little things like that that become big things because we don't pay attention. And if you would have just paid attention in the first place, and I learned this the hard way myself, that these things become really, really, really traumatic things. And they didn't have to. And it comes down to having that self-awareness that we talked about before, the consistency, the, the training, the being, you know, when something does happen and training through it and understanding it and having those different movements, going to somebody that understands how the body actually works and not just telling you to work through it. There's, there's so many options now, the sports science that exists, the biomechanics training that exists, the, just the technology alone that exists is mind blowing. And there's a lot of injuries that just shouldn't happen. And it does come back down to how well do you know yourself? Have you had goals in training? Do you understand mentally how to come out of things? And do you know how your body works? Not, it's, it, it doesn't matter if you know what somebody else, if you can sit here and regurgitate an anatomy book to somebody, well, that's all well and good. But do you know how <laughs> your specific body works in the movements that you are needing to complete? Mm-hmm. And that goes back to the full circle to the metric stuff and the testing stuff that I know what it takes for me to do this one thing because I've done it enough times, right. right? If I were to go down and talk about teaching somebody how to run a 40-yard dash, I can tell you right now, without even warming up, I can take five steps in the first 10 yards. I know how to do it. I can do it with, with, without even thinking, without warming up. I can do it because I've done it so many times. I know where my foot has to be. I know where my stance has to be. I know how to come out, so on and so forth. And that comes down to just knowing and practicing yep. and all of that. And I'm confident in that. And it's, it just goes down the line of everything else. And it's relative to all of those things. And it's just listen to yourself listen even if it's a minor thing even if it's a a little muscle cramp listen to it pay attention to it don't discard it it's so big yep yep i like it cool well shoot we're already wow there we go right well there. yeah we're there end it there any final thoughts nope listen to your body talk about it Communicate it. You know, I had a yep. situation that I actually did listen to it because my hamstring, when we were in, in Edmonton, I was we were running a fade and I kind of felt a nice little tug and I just I opted completely out of practice in general and I stepped out and was like, you know, something's going on with my hamstring. And the trainer's like, well, do you think you could, you know, finish practice or you think you can run? I was like, oh, maybe I, I probably could. He's like, well, maybe you should. And then I took it upon myself to be like, no. AJ, don't go out there and because you know I'm the type of person that's gonna go full speed if especially like the mm-hmm. ball comes my way, and I'm just like no because it's not worth it if I'm if I'm going full speed now and I feel a little bit something in my hamstring that means the next time I do it it might just mm-hmm. completely blow itself you know blow yep. up and I took some time off I went ended up getting an MRI and it showed that I had like a little bit of tear in my hamstring and I ended up missing four weeks which could have been like you know something could have been a year worse, could have been yeah. something significant if i would yeah. actually just completely tore my hamstring yeah so, that's true it's an example of yep yeah paying absolutely. attention to your body because you know one little thing just like a little 
hamstring or cramp or whatever something feels like could be you know leading right. up to something major but again how old were you when you did that right you know yep, and yep. it's mm -hmm. like you know you're in your late 20s when that happens mm -hmm. right were you 30 already 30 already you yeah. were already yeah. 30 so you didn't know that at 22 you didn't know that at 18 or right. 16 or probably whatever at 18 i probably would have just kept practicing oh, 100%. all of us would have right. my hamstring and that's, off the bone that sure. comes yeah. down to you know it comes down to what we're talking about here and why we do this why why we're trying to pay it forward because we're talking from experience we have a lot i mean think about all the years that all of us have been in the system i mean we're decades Mm -hmm. decades. And that's what it comes down to is, you know, we wouldn't be where we are in our lives without it. And so paying it forward to get that 15, 16, 12 year old, whatever, maybe it's the parent that's being a little overbearing to understand it's okay. Mm -hmm. Listen to it. Let them figure it out. Let them go through it, but help them, help them, help them, help them, help them. Listen to it. If your son or daughter comes to you and says, my ankle hurts, don't think they're trying to get out of something like pay attention to it. And then you'll be able to tell, right. If it's fake or not, you'll be able to figure it out, but listen, listen, listen. Don't be always to the point of, Oh, just push through it, push through it, push through it. Because all of us in this room have been, I don't want to call it victim to it, but have, have fallen to that, that it, it was an issue and it caused an injury and mm -hmm. that can't happen. Right. We can't allow that to happen. So great show fellas. Yep. Um, Again, listen to your body, take the metrics, take it serious, find goals that you want to do and stick to them. Be diligent about it, be consistent with it and learn yourself and all of those movements that are important for you for whatever you're trying to accomplish learn them, learn them, learn them and practice them and test yourself on them. That's a, that's, that's important. All right. Thank you, fellas. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right.